Good morning, and welcome to The Morning Fix. I'm Amy Shepard, and I'm here with my co-host, Julie Dye. The Morning Fix is a podcast series brought to you by the 510K Cafe. We interview medical technology leaders to discuss trends, innovations, and the future of marketing and communications in the medtech industry. We're here today with Seth Goldenberg, who's the Vice President of Viva MedTech Systems. Seth has worked in the MedTech sector for the past 20 years, and in different roles, he's helped companies navigate complex regulations and improve market access for their products. Before joining Viva, he was Director of Product Development Strategy at North American Science Associates, where he supported medical device companies from product inception through commercialization. Early in his career, he was also a regulatory chemist with the FDA. Outside of Viva, Seth is an active member of the Regulatory Affairs Professional Society and is the entrepreneur in residence at the Pennsylvania Pediatric Device Consortium. We're looking forward to talking with Seth today and welcome to the show. Great. Happy to be here and look forward to the conversation. Great. Seth, we love to start off these conversations asking about our guests' backgrounds. Tell us about yours and we would love to hear a career highlight. Sure. No, I'm happy to. You know, so I work for a you know technology company today, but definitely did not start there. Um, started my career on the bench, right? Uh, degrees uh, from Drexel School of Biomedical Engineering and my PhDs in pharmacology. Then went into uh, drug discovery after being in school for a while. From there, I actually moved uh, to the FDA on the on the drug side. Uh, I was a uh, regulatory and chemist. So I was doing inspections you know, bench work, you know, reviewing, you know, some, some subsets of drug submissions before pivoting into consulting, where I started to focus on China at first. Um, I actually was, you know, started looking at the China space around the time that um, the FDA opened their first branch office, and there wasn't a lot of support in China with you know, four folks that understood the FDA inspection process. So saw that as a business opportunity. So opened a consulting firm in Shanghai and then moved from there to larger consulting organizations, focusing on medical device in particular, and now on to pure medical device focus um, and providing tools and opportunities for helping med tech companies bring their products to market and manage that total product life cycle, which is getting more and more complex. Well, that's that's a perfect segue. Um, and, and as you may know, Amy and I really focus on the med tech sector. Um, that's our background. And, you know, we, we have interviewed people in pharma and biotech and health tech too, but, you know, our heart is really in the med tech sector. And so, you know, that's one of the reasons we're really excited to talk to you today. You know, and I'm also somewhat familiar with Viva um, and how it's used. Several of my clients use it for legal and regulatory approval of different documents. Um, mm-hmm. But I'd love to hear a little bit more broadly about how Viva supports the med tech sector in the different products that you you use or that you offer. No, it's great. I appreciate that opportunity. And my uh, my heart is in med tech as well. Um, I, I love the diversity. You know, I've been in this space for over a decade now. Um, and you know the diversity, the continued evolution and creativity that comes in the med tech space, especially with you know, digital therapeutics now really starting to take off, um, is always quite a lot of fun. You know, but but Viva is you know a 15 year old old company, right? And our vision is to be the 
cloud provider for life sciences. We're building the industry cloud for life sciences. And what that means is focusing on purpose-built applications. So, you know, each med tech company does not have to reinvent the wheel every single time that they want to, you know, do a clinical trial and have a cloud provider focusing on clinical trials or regulatory submissions, quality, you know, quality management systems. And what we do is build our applications, you know, fit for purpose for for medtech, similar to what we've done, you know, for pharma. We've been focusing on the on the medtech side of things for for a while now. I joined Viva three years ago to you know continue and accelerate that focus, and we have you know almost 150 you know Vivans as we call ourselves, focus on the medical device industry across sales, you know, strategy, marketing, and of course the most important part is you know product and and delivery on the services side. But what we really do is when you look at the the whole landscape, you know, I always say that Viva competes with everyone and no one, right? So clinical data, right? How do you capture that data in your, you know, your EDC or electronic, you know, electronic data capture? We support that clinical data, you know, area, clinical operations, you know, so your trial master file, things of that nature, we support that. Regulatory submissions, and and that's really one where where we have a lot of separation from the industry because of our, our med tech focus, you know, at scale for large organizations from submissions, you know, how do I plan my regulatory submission, get all that documentation together in a collaborative way. So the regulatory uh, affairs associates are not administrators, right? They're actually collaborating and, and giving their advice and feedback um, all the way through registration, tracking the registration and publishing to the PDF. So it's actually a very robust suite. And then on the quality side, uh, document management, quality management systems, training, all their commercial content is, is another one. Uh, so that promotional legal, you know, medical legal regulatory review, which I think maybe you're, you're, you mentioned you may be familiar with the most on, the, on that content side. And now we've announced, you know, later this year, we'll be even expanding into more commercial offerings with, you know, C- CRM that we're building for MedTech now on Vault. And of course, how we so we compete with all the pe- all sorts of different point solutions in each of those silos that I just described. But what's unique is that each one of those applications is built on a single proprietary platform that's true multi-tenant cloud, which means we have zero technology debt. All of our innovation goes into new releases. So three times a year, the software gets updated. So it really takes the burden from, and this is why Viva has been so successful um, on, on the pharma side, and we're leading in that direction now in, in the medtech side with over 100 medtech customers today, is you don't have to worry about, okay, now, you know, there's new regulation that came out, I have to update my regulatory, you know, content plan, or I need to capture this data field in my, you know, clinical trial. We take care of all that, in addition to customer feedback that drives that innovation with thousands and thousands of new features every year and gives you value to that subscription. No, I love that. Seth, talk a little bit more about, um, and I should say that many of our listeners are marketing professionals. Mm-hmm. I know you hit upon how the software helps with um, compliance and regulatory. Talk a little bit more how it can support the marketing function of a med tech. Yeah, no, definitely. So, you know, on that commercial content side and the marketing side in particular, um, that's one where, where we're very strong and can really help, especially with, you know, MDR, IVDR today. So we can fully s- support the commercial content, creation of those materials, digital asset management, right, all in a single solution. 
Um, and what's really important too is we also can support the increasing challenges around claim substantiation, right? It used to be, you know, you have your claims. It wasn't, it was a little, unless you, you know, really got in trouble, <laughs> you would not necessarily get beat up too much on those, you know, on, on, on those claims. But now they're getting audited by notified bodies on what is your claim substantiation, right? That's an audit focus now. And our application can, it has a claims model where you're, you can take that claim, right? You can say, okay, here's the information substantiating that claim, okay? And then, of course, that could be linked from other applications in our cross-linked from, like, here's a study report or here's an engineering document from quality. Here's a regulatory submission that for that claim substantiation. Again, simplifying that, that process for marketing. And then once that claim is, you know, approved, you can use that in your material. So we actually have um, the ability to auto-reference new documents, right? So that does that claims matching you know, through some machine learning, uh, so a little bit of intelligence. And then once that document is out, instead of, you know, let's say you're a marketing professional and you're in corporate, right? And you want to send this out to all your affiliates or your distributors, you know, a bunch of emails, a bunch of documents, and now you want to make a change. You got to repeat that process, right? We can support that through digital asset management or digital publishing. So instead of sending that out, but you actually, all the documents, you send out a link and it pulls it from the system every single time. So it, you know, you, and what you see, you know, I'm describing you know, some of the key processes, of course, but what is unique is all that time adds up quite a bit. And our customers see 50 to 75% reductions in time to get new material out the door. And then of course, if there is, you know, an audit or a, or a, or a change and says, you know, hey, this this claim might not want to make that claim, you know, or this might not be appropriate, you can immediately run, you know, reports on where that claim is used across all of your marketing material, right? MedTech, of course, you know, it's, you know, there might be a particular, you know, packaging or, or grouping of products might cross multiple different portfolios. So that really simple prop question, where is this, where's this claim used? could take a lot of time to answer. And um, we can answer it basically immediately. And then in addition, you can even, you know, pull that market material instantaneously, right? So that compliance gap where you're, okay, how long did it take you to remove this content from the field? Again, it could take weeks, right? Is again, instantaneous because you just move that link or update that link and it's updated everywhere around the world where it's used. So we could talk all day about each one of these individual applications and I'm, I'm happy to. But hopefully that gives you a you know an, an idea of, of some of the things that that we're doing um, to support and then marketing in particular. I am so excited to hear about this technology. I'm completely geeking out on it because there were so many hours spent over the years dealing with you know do we have a claims matrix? Where do the claims come from? Where are they used in our marketing materials? Every time we're doing a new brochure, we're having to update those claims. So. I can totally see the value of this as a marketer to be able to really save, like you said, a lot of time dealing with claims and where they are in our materials. Yeah, exactly. And that's, uh, you're, you're not alone. Right? Our, and that's kind of a, you know, a good case study of an example of what we try to do to solve, you know, these, I don't want to say, you know, there, there are challenges that everyone faces in the industry, right? And how can we help focus? So you're focusing on your job, which is, you know, creating you know, how do you educate physicians, you know, or patients, depending on who your market is, you know, how do we get out there to outreach and remove some of that burden and risk from the process? So you can use your, you know, your people 
and your time and your energy and your spend on getting out in front of patients to help patients, which is the you know the mission that we're all on, not on you know where are my data and documents. Totally, totally, uh, uh, could be life changing for some of us. Yeah, and we're um, you know we talk about it a lot, right? You know, we um, we actually have some events coming up um, in Europe next week and in Minneapolis at the end of the month where our customers are speaking at our at our summits around these challenges, right? And you can hear some of these case studies, not not for me, but more in depth, you know, from our customers and how they're leveraging our applications. Yeah, that's funny. I was actually going to ask you about that. But since you're talking about those conferences, um, actually, a couple of, you know, people that we know who are in our network are speaking there at, at the one in Minneapolis. And so we'd love to hear a little bit more about those ev- events. And, you know, are they for your current customers? Are they for prospective customers? And, you know, what do you hope that people will take away from those? Yeah, no, the, uh, I appreciate the opportunity to share about them. They are for for the industry, right? The goal that we have at Viva is to be that industry partner. Um, so anyone, current, prospective, or those that are just curious about, hey, is there a way to do this better <laughs> and, and wants to learn, um, that's really our, our goal of the of these events, right? The Minneapolis event is actually 24 sessions over a day and a half, um, which some great speakers such as, you know, the commercial tracking um you mentioned, right, like Medtronic, Edwards, Illumina, right, are, are all speaking, um, as well as many, many others. And it's really for industry to share, okay, how do we solve these problems, right? I'm proud of these summits as I think there's a lot of focus on, okay, here are the problems, right? Here's MDR. This is the basics of MDR and IVDR. And um, this is how we have to work around it as marketing professionals or, or clinical professionals. And the goal of our events is really focusing, okay, you know, we make the assumption that everyone knows the challenging landscape, but let's hear how people are solving for these problems, right? Um, and where it's it's really not about Viva, it's about the industry. Um, and it's more of a focus on what's your process? You know, how are you building your teams? Uh, but, you know, a lot of the times Viva is enabling those, those that workflow, but that's really the, the focus. And um, people are, anyone in, uh, in Barcelona next week, that might be hearing about this or that's uh, the MedTech Forum or is in Minneapolis, uh, May 31st through June 2nd is welcome to attend. Oh, no, that would be amazing. I would love to join you there. And, and thank you for really bringing the uh, industry together. I think that's the, for me, the message I'm hearing and the one that's most salient. So um, hats off to you and your team and uh, certainly best of luck. Uh, check back in with us and let us know how it goes. Be happy to. So along those same lines, Seth, and I know we talked about how MedTech is a big part of all of our hearts <laughs> um, on this show. We wanted to talk about um, some of the changes that we see in our sector. Any any thoughts you would like to share? Yeah, I mean, I, I think the changes that are you know front of mind for everybody are really around that you know the changing you know regulatory landscape, right? Um, Obviously, with you know MDR, IVDR are driving a lot of that, and the what it's really doing, I think, you know, is creating a point in time where medtech has to reflect and be like, can I keep running my business the way I the way I have, right? Medtech companies, and that's what's great about it is, as soon as you release a product, right, you're probably planning the next three versions, right? Like pharma, where you release a drug and that's your drug for the next thirty years, right? Um, so. Medtech companies have that have, by doing that through the acquisitions of technology M and A, you know, they brought in the, those systems, brought in those companies, and you know, fed them into the commercial organizations, but haven't thought about 
you know, the sustainability of, their, of those operations, if that, if that makes sense. And what I think the MDR, IVDR are doing, um, while painful, is really presenting an opportunity for change of the industry is, you know, can I proceed and keep going the way I have for the past 30 years? Or how do I need to run my business going forward, right? Where do I need to harmonize to be successful, right? Where do, whether that's technology, process, where do I need to be different, right? You know, because some of the, the, the large, you know, the top, you know, 50 for sure have business units that can be pretty diverse, right? And you can't expect them to run everything this, the, the same. But I think it's a, an opportunity for industry to really reflect. And how do I go about, you know, my day-to-day business and operations going forward? And what we're seeing is a lot of companies are now, you know, looking, really looking inwards and, and making some of those decisions to transform, right? From a technology perspective, from a business perspective, uh, process perspective. And while I think we're in the, I would say, probably halfway through, probably a, a 10-year change cycle, Right with with MDR and now I think now that's gone into effect. I think there's probably be another five years of learning till we maybe we reach that steady state. I think the industry is going to come out stronger on the other side. So speaking about coming out stronger on the other side, I'd love to hear your thoughts. Um, you're really the first person I think that we've talked to in our I don't know how many episodes we've done now, close to probably fifty or so or more. Um, first person that had been at the FDA at one time or another. And so, you know, given that there's so much convergence right now between Mm -hmm. medical devices and software and AI and, you know, all of all of these technologies are kind of crunching together. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I'm curious, you know, I know that the FDA has has done, you know, a lot of work over the last few years, at least trying to figure out, you know, is, is, can you have software as a regulated medical device, you know, and, and just different questions like that, that I think have come up, um, you know, as our technologies continue to evolve. And so I just love your thoughts on, you know, h- how do you think that med tech companies, um, you know, should be working with the FDA or any changes you might anticipate would have to happen to make, make us all work together, um, more easy? Yeah, no, it's a great question. And I think, you know, the FDA over the past five years has done a really nice job of being collaborative and doing more collaborative review as part of their, their process because it is so dynamic, right? So um, Digital Health, for example, by Cool Patel, and I've, I've spoken with him, you know, on stage and just one-on-one before, that group has done a really nice job of looking at, you know, what's getting developed right? Where is a framework that requires FDA oversight and creating clarity so companies know that um, if I'm under, you know, just a, you know, information app, right? And I'm supporting and making sure people are doing compliance, some reminders, that doesn't require FDA oversight, right? It's clear on rules you're supposed to follow. So they can focus on ones that are, that are truly making, you know, clinical decision-making support technology, right? Such as AI, which is helping, you know, radiologists and pathologists, you know, significantly identify, you know, because, you know, when you think about it, you know, a radiologist or pathologist, you know, you're go to school for, you know, four years might look at 10,000, 20,000. I actually don't know the number, right? Making, making that up, 100,000 images. You can train, do machine learning and train AI on every radiology image ever taken, right, in a, in a month. So the ability for those tools to develop um, to support clinical decision making in some areas is, clear and burgeoning, while in others, it's relatively new and still evolving. Um, so 
I think the FDA is, does does a nice job, uh, especially on the on the device side. Very collaborative. Um, you know, I've had the chance to you know, speak with Dr. Shern a, a couple times uh, at 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 some events uh, for, through fireside chats. But the direction that it's going is really interesting. And I think while some areas, you know, such as like radiology or detection are, are clear, there's emerging areas such as digital therapeutics that are really just starting to take off. When you look at companies like Pair Therapeutics, where now um, or Achille, where you can take an app and that app will help people, you know, help kids with ADHD and show it in clinical trials, right? Help people. Uh, that are dealing with PTSD or stress and be able to show that in a clinical trial and have clinical outcome. And most importantly, I think the FDA barrier for those, while important, those those companies have now recently passed the payment barrier, which in my opinion has, has been higher. And it's just really exciting to see that. So I, I would expect quite a few companies now that that pathway has been established to, to innovate and focus um, and support patients in ways that you know, even five years ago might have been considered science fiction. Yeah, yeah. You know, one of one of the the reasons, really, the reason why we do what, what we do, Seth, is to um, to learn about the the latest and greatest technologies within the med tech space, and um, that's really it's thrilling for us to hear how our industry is evolving and improving and changing, and how multiple technologies are coming together. Um, so digital therapeutics, mm-hmm. uh, you know, other other uh, elements out there. It'll it'll be interesting to see where where we go in the future. Well, no, agreed. I mean, it's really fascinating to see. You know, you know, for example, like the neuromodulation space and pain, right, is moving from you know someone taking you know opiates every day for the rest of their life to a surgery, right, the, around neurostimulation or neuroblocking, um, and is moving into a true curative state. Right, is just one example. Uh, and it, it's again, medtech is just you know it's fascinating to see the industry evolve, the speed at which it evolves, and uh, you know, again, I mean, like uh, like all of us, right? We we have our own areas, but it's always great to see the rest of the industry moving and support however we can. Yeah, yeah, no, we we couldn't agree more. Well, listen, we have uh, one more final question that we always ask uh, our guests. And um, of course, you are here on the morning fix. Uh, we would love to know, Seth, what do you do for your morning fix? Well, I have the uh, you know the, the privilege to be uh, a, a dad to uh, seven and nine year old girls, and I'm in charge of the morning routine. <laughs> so my fix or my cup of coffee is usually or as or as many cups of coffee as I can drink while making lunches and making homework is done and, and walking the kids to the bus stop is usually how I, I enjoy mine and uh, get that get that the time with the girls before I get them off to school is my normal morning fix routine. Right on. We love it. Well, thank you again, Seth, for a wonderful conversation. And we, we can't wait to, to share this with our audience. And um, best of luck to you. And uh, thanks to all of our listeners. And check back with us on um, some upcoming um, fantastic interviews. Thanks again. Thank you. Appreciate your time.